It's the 10 to 1 Podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. Hey guys, how are you, silly bears? This is going to be a weird episode, just I like Saturday Night Live. Oh, there it is. That oh, came you, you just came out thought. with it, huh? You I just got, came out with it. You gave, you gave the staff of SNL COVID this week. Way the, to go, buddy. I am the reason for the season. they had to stop. Ever. Basically, Charlie XEX uh, and I hooked up, and that's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Gosh, you wish. So we are recording virtually right now. People obviously won't know that because this is an audio podcast, but we're all at our own houses recording because Ben does have the Rona. He's got the plague. And so we're trying to stay as safe as we can. But we wanted to make sure that um, even though uh, Ben is sick and he's feeling a little bit better, that we still have a good uh, episode for you. And, and coincidentally was, enough, that happened yeah, to Saturday yeah, Brad, Night Live. Kind of a weird, weird week, right, Brad? Explain to yeah. our listeners if they haven't watched it yet what happened. So uh, yesterday in the afternoon around like 2.30 or so, I think, Saturday Night Live sent out a tweet on Twitter saying that they were going to be doing the show without a live audience and with limited cast and crew because of the rising cases that the Omicron variant had been creating for coronavirus. And the New York Post reported that uh, apparently uh, four cast members, they didn't say who, uh, had tested positive for coronavirus. And along with that, there were a few other cast members who raised concerns and said that they didn't want to do the show because of how risky everything seemed. And the crew along with them were worried about the conditions. And so they decided to pretty much nix the entire show that they had planned. But uh, they still went ahead with a show with Paul Rudd still hosting, and they had three pre-recorded sketches finished, and then the rest of it was filled with a few guest star spots, which we'll get to in our breakdown, and some uh, repeat sketches of holiday um, comedy from previous seasons that seemed like they were handpicked by those who were in attendance. Um, so it was a super weird show. And that's also uh, Charlie XCX, the, who was supposed to be the musical guest this week. Um, she announced personally that um, even if the show had gone on normally, she had to pull her music performance because it required too much crew to be on the set as well. So there was no musical guest. Yeah. Did you get the feeling? Because as I was reading some things, it was a very sudden decision. Like they had on Saturday morning early planned on still doing an episode, correct? That's what it seemed like. It's and it's because it sounded like they were even doing a normal dress rehearsal. And then I think that it was um a, a last minute thing to like really kind of pull the plug on the like the live aspect of the show with the exception of the the stuff that they did in studio on the main stage yeah it was uh r really an odd episode but i am ultimately glad they ended up having it what do you think uh, ben yeah uh very very weird circumstances it felt like like because of the the internet and the technology that we're into right now you can live it's like a live feed of will they won't they will this happen so you're seeing reddit threads and live tweets from all the casts and characters that are playing in the show and you're not hearing of course anything really from nbc official or from lauren michaels but you know the musical guest says something and then you hear on reddit that colin jost has it and so tina fey is going to be hosting weekend update in his stead but they're still going to have a show and it just the run-up to this particular episode felt very uh shuttle launchy where <laughs> it's like why is this gonna happen or not 
Yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes where I'm sure the crew is going to be talking about it for generations. Like, whenever there's a hard episode, they're going to be like, well, you should have been here for that, you know, because, you know, they they only had, what, two musicians there, you know, uh, the cast. I have no idea. Obviously, I know why they picked Michael Che. He did a, we'll get into this, but he did Weekend Update. Why was Keenan there? Does anybody know? That's a good question. I mean, maybe he he's the only, the only one who decided just to stay behind and and help out, or like uh, maybe he was always supposed to be like, part of that like opening five timers thing, and so he just he's like, well, I'll still do it because he, it's he gets thing room and board because he's been there for so long. Maybe you know, <laughs> Microsoft isn't room and board. <laughs> yeah, he lives in Thirty Rock, I think. <laughs> it was, it's a very strange choice to have any of the actual cast there, but um, I don't know. It just it felt weird because I don't know. Well, maybe here's the thing. They only needed, right, a couple of cast. They definitely needed Michael J for a weekend update. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they only really then needed another cast member, one other cast member to like introduce some things and be part of the audience for weekend update, I guess. So maybe just because he's the longest tenured, he's like, you know what? It, by default, the only person is going to be him and everybody else go home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. Thanks so much for listening with to us, everyone. We've got a great breakdown ready for you. Lots of different guests. It's a weird episode, but I think you're still going to enjoy it. So the cold open again. Congrats to Paul Rudd. He's now in the five timers club. Uh, it was kind of an odd, you know, kind of welcome to the show. Brad, what do you think? Do you think they salvaged it? Do they, you think they did OK with it or what? Yeah, I mean, they did the best they could under the circumstances. You know, it's they, they've done the five timers thing on the main stage before without doing like a full on sketch by going into the club room and whatnot. And, uh, you know, Paul Rudd came out and did it right away. He's like, this is disappointing, <laughs> you know, so and I, I'm sure it's a huge bummer when, you know, you've been preparing all week to do a show like this and it's a big, important one as an SNL host. So that's got to suck, um, you know, but. I'm hoping that maybe if they get him to host again at another time, maybe they'll do like a mulligan and give him a chance to do it properly because Keenan did, you know, kind of joke is like four and a half times hosting since this isn't really a full on episode. But uh, yeah, opening the show with Tom Hanks and Tina Fey uh, was fun. And Paul Rudd, you know, always has charisma to spare. And I, I really loved the Steve Martin video appearance especially with martin short because man whenever martin short appears i just love it and did you guys notice the the fingers in the drink i hope yes absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. such a great little thing yeah i love the the famous steve martin you know this is the famous steve martin i just steve martin appears in this episode a couple times and 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 as do as does um martin short Short. and and i think they do (laughs) you, you just are reminded what just almost throwback but how here they are at comedy right yeah. they're just so funny i also loved uh the line from uh obviously an easy line but still funny uh tom hanks says as you know i started the five timers club and tina Fey really quickly quick quick back equips back oh like you started covid kind of thing you know kind of going back to um we're not going to deny the oddity of this show we're not going to deny why it's different and we're just kind of lean into it and see how it goes um but I was glad they did it, honestly. Um, and and what does a guy have to do to get Steve Martin and Martin Short to host together, by the way? Like in the future, they've got a great show going on right now. I would love to see them come on together and host and get Martin Short into the Five Timers Club eventually as well. When is the last time they did – they've done double hosts before. Was it was it Amy and Tina? I think so. Yep. I think you're right. Yep. But all in all, I thought it was okay. Um, again, Because they, they, they did host together, right? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, no, they did. Was it was it and roughly she, when they did the Emmys or something or? Ben was shaking his head like that, like that didn't happen. No, I'm saying like, I don't know why are you looking at me. Oh, no, okay. he's he's got COVID brain. He doesn't know anything. We're just hoping he he doesn't die. On ben thinks we watched. Good. Ben thinks we watched an episode of Mad TV. Tina Poehler and Amy Faye are incredible. <laughs> now, when Short Martin it comes on the show, then Michael Jackson gets to fly. All right. Well, let's get to the first pre-tape. Um, we got Home Goods. Uh, Paul Rudd plays Casey Home Goods. <laughs> I, don't <know> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but I was I was expecting it. It was something to come fun. from from the line where he's like, "I basically got this job on merit," and like nothing ever really came of that. It just was just a great little bit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This is good. This is a good pre-tape. Now you guys are both. Um, you both have serious girlfriends. I'm married. I have kids myself for our listeners. You guys both have serious girlfriends. Do your parents ever push you for grandchildren or push your siblings or anything like that? Or is this a foreign thing for you? Um, no, it's I'm never pressured or like it's never mentioned like as a, a thing where it's pushed or anything like that. Um, it's been discussed as like to whether or not we want them. But no one's yeah. like sitting there. Hey, when you're going to pop a baby up in there. <laughs> Now, do your do your parents want grandchildren? Again, not to say that they want them from you, but have they mentioned <laughs> wanting grandchildren? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that ship has sailed for me a long time ago. But uh, but in my mid twenties to early thirties, before I let my parents know that that was not in my plan, before you disappointed them. Yeah, yes. my mom was always like, "Well, you know, someday when you meet the right girl, and you're just gonna we're just gonna talk about grandkids." She was very she, anytime any of my friends had a kid, oh, 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 oh like that that this. It definitely spoke to me in that way because I remember those days. Ben, you can time. you can still do it right now. Oh, I'm not going to though. Well, we'll see. Wait, disappoint just, my parents? I can do that. I think you I, need I, to give your 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 parents some grandchildren. grandchildren. I, I, I wrote that down. Eddie Bryant says words in ways that just make me laugh. Right? Yeah. Uh, like she has that thing that Keenan does that they just have a a funny way of 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 just acting you know what i mean that just and so the way she said grandchildren just kept on making me laugh in this uh, i i think this is certainly a a culturally bound sketch in that uh, most people that are a you know maybe in their 30s that are in a serious relationship have maybe heard this from their parents before you know just hints you know I, you know I, I, i'm looking forward to having grandchildren i actually I, heard I, it from I somebody it today great i thought it was great this whole sketch was good um the idea that it went from, you know, oh, we're we're to a home goods biggest shoppers, and they're like, I don't want anything. That's very funny. <laughs> but then of course, that's not the, the beat that they just keep repeating. It gets weirder, which again yep. we talk about is can be SNL's downfall or something that really works well is when they escalate it in the right way. And I thought this escalated in the right way. Uh, I'm gonna say we, like the thing about Israel. Like, I'm not gonna say I, yeah. bad things, weird things. Like it's the shape. Yeah. Of the, the, the line is, I don't want to. I, I want to have weird opinions about Israel. Not bad, just weird. <laughs> I love that. So much. In the wrong Bryant, shape. Yes, and Andy Bryant quips is the wrong shape. I love. Oh, he's just so great. so hard at that. I do think that so they they got weirder with it, which I was happy with. But I do I felt like the repetition was still a little bit like okay, let's like let's get going and like turn this into something different. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder on some of these things too. 
how much an audience would have impacted, you know, get, hearing the laughter and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, they would have um, made because, some cuts after they showed it during dress rehearsal. Yeah, exactly, because they didn't they didn't really have that, right? And so right. Uh, I would love to hear, even if the, um, you know, the pre-tapes get kind of worked up after dress rehearsal to say, okay, that went a minute too long, or let's, let's cut out this, you know, th- th- this, this kind of lulled here or something like this. Um, we don't necessarily need that. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty good sketch. Brad, you agree or no? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was uh, phenomenal, but it was it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, I agree. And then the next was uh, a sketch that I'm gonna guess even our parents have seen uh, embarrassingly uh, because I think almost everyone in this world has seen Dick in a box, a sketch written um, that premiered on December sixteenth, two thousand and six. Written by Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, uh, Jeremy Tacone, uh, Justin Timberlake. And I found out when I was reading about this that that thing came together so quickly. I think they didn't settle on that idea until Thursday. So from Thursday to Saturday, not not talking about obviously this year, but when they actually created Dick in a Box, it, it was like a, a day and a half to two day to get it recorded, the audio, you know, to actually write the song, get it recorded, you know, get it through the, you know, processing and direction of the video, all that kind of stuff to get it there. And I was amazed by that because it, it is one of the most iconic probably sketches of the last 20 years, right? Yeah, easily uh, one of the most recognizable um, of the Lonely Island sketches. Uh, it's a classic holiday sketch that is uh, pretty much always included in SNL's Christmas uh, special they do with old sketches. So, yeah, this was, you know, completely expected for them to use a sketch like this when they're going to be doing, uh, you know, mostly a clip show throughout the the episode. But one of the things I like, though, is uh, when it was introduced, like, they made sure to be like, obviously, Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake are the start of the sketch. It's like, but like, we want to give a shout out to Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, too, because like, they're just as good in the sketch as well. Yeah, yeah, they really are. I just, I'm sometimes I forget how quick these creatives can put this stuff together. You know, um, we even got a uh, got kind of got a sneak peek uh, as to like how every week is for SNL because when they introduced the pre-recorded sketches, um, well, one of the ones that we get to later, Paul Rudd said, "We just finished this at five o'clock a.m. this morning. We just did this one on Thursday, and it's like it's crazy. Like, like they, it's it no matter." How bad an episode of SNL can be, it is always a miracle that they make this show in a single week. Yeah, I get it. You've got a, a million, multi-million dollar production studio, but the, the production value and and the editing and just all of that stuff coming together so so damn seamlessly in these pre-tapes is just, it's a thing of beauty uh, when, it's, when you know it's that rushed. I know also for Dick in the Box, they had uh, when they originally... Uh, and by the way, 15 years ago now, right? 15 yeah, I know. We're getting old, man. Years. Uh, but originally the censors had the biggest problem. That, that was one of the other hurdles they have to worry about on SNL. It's still, you know, 2579. It's still the, you know, uh, NBC, CBS broadcast television. So dick in a box, not necessarily going over like gangbusters for the censor. And so when they, I remember reading an article about it and it was like, oh, well, as long as you bleep the word dick, which you normally wouldn't have to bleep, we'd let it go. And everybody just agreed that's funnier anyway. So that mm-hmm. worked out in their favor. And it just all those things have to come together for something like this to kind of be a cultural touchstone. And it really is. And for example, I went over, uh, I think one of the first years that I was with Bailey, we went over to their parents' house, her parents' house for Christmas. And her dad doesn't know me at all. Pulls this up, pulls up Dick in a box with uh, uh, Bailey's brother 
And is that we, awkward watching Dick in the Box with your, you know, kind of father-in-law? Well, no? I will set the stage a little bit. We were talking about funny SNL stuff, and okay. he goes, "Well, this is kind of relevant." And he pulls it up, and he we just watch it and laughed our butts off. I mean, it's just so mm-hmm. funny. So, and then of course, it leads to pulling up Mother Lover, and uh, it ain't what is it three the three way song. It's okay when it's in a three way. It's yeah. the the trifecta of the Lonely Island and Justin Timberlake '90s. You know, guys doing that, but it's hilarious to me that it's it's not only been one of those things where it's in immediately recognizable, immediately culturally relevant, no matter where when you hear it. But that will be something that SNL literally shows on every Christmas episode for the rest of eternity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the next one was a pre-tape. Uh, it was an evening with Pete, written by Dan Bulla, Steve Castillo, and uh, Pete Davidson. And uh, that was the one, Brad, that you mentioned that uh, Paul Rudd said they finished filming at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. This sketch kind of made me sad. It didn't make me laugh. <laughs> what did you think about it, Ben? Yeah, a very uh, – I mean, I, I get the Raging Bull stuff. And so he says in the sketch uh, – or, or it's Alex Moffat says a line in the sketch, who is this for? And I, <laughs> yes. I want to say that about this sketch – like yeah. part of me is like, who is this for? Like this. I is think I think that was I think that was wholly intentional. I think that they knew what they were doing. That this was going to sure. be a sketch that was more of a short film than a comedy sketch, even though it has amusing moments in it. But it was clearly played as like an experimental, like short film kind of thing, where like they're they really are playing up the drama, but with like uh, a comedically melodramatic tone. But they're still taking it very seriously. Like it was, it was like if Martin Scorsese directed an SNL sketch, basically. Yep. Yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. Very weird. But I didn't hate it. I just thought, what, a, you know? Okay, so it's one of the pre tapes. Is what they're going to have to show tonight. And again, they they just showed the damn thing in entirety, and it, it was like, what what is this exactly? Yeah, I guess I, I didn't I didn't hate it either. I, I just I didn't I, I was just sad watching it because I thought <laughs> I was waiting I was waiting for the comedy, and I'm like. Is is Pete Davidson leaving the show? Is this his goodbye or something? You know, like what 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 is this? Um, and and there was never that like um, th- there was never that part where it's like oh there's the joke. It was just like oh Pete Davidson's playing a washed up version of himself and he's getting older. Okay. I think that is I think that is like the joke though. It's just not like an in your face like ha ha ha. It's like because I think right now because Pete Davidson is in the spotlight so much. This is like kind of a thing where it's like because they make mention of this in the sketch too. We're talking about um, when he's sitting at the table and how people don't understand like his appeal, you know, to to women and stuff like that, and they they just laugh about it. And I think that there's something about like this moment that Pete Davidson has been having in the spotlight because of who he's been dating and just the general conversation around him that it's probably sparked this idea of like a glimpse into like the future after all of this has has happened to him. Dude, Chad. so do you think then brad do you think that this is like pete davidson acknowledging yeah no no this is all weird for me too like you know like this i i i know that this is a moment like that i'm having and that yes i'm like you know there's like thirst tweets for pete davidson and then it's not gonna last forever and that one day i too will end up you know as uh you know a washed up comedian or something down the road but i'm okay or like like i don't know i just i i didn't I didn't fully get it. I, I I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought it was creative. I guess I just didn't get it for an SNL sketch. Every now and then, there's a sketch that come, comes around 
that is like this, that is surprisingly serious, that isn't necessarily funny. Um, and I think this is just one of those those instances where like they just really wanted to go for it and do something that was a little bit different, uh, where it felt like a um, you know a, a Christmas movie in a way, like almost like a like it's it's it really does feel just like it's a Wonderful Life meets Raging Bull kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. All right. Next one, Santa and the Elves, uh, which is a recurring sketch. It's a uh, like a BDSM elves sketch, um, and it was written by James Anderson, Vanessa Bear, Ken Sublet, and Kenyon Thompson, which is interesting because obviously we often read who writes the sketches. You don't see Keenan writing a ton of sketches anymore. You obviously seen him acting and all these kind of things, but he's also got a sitcom and he's got a couple other things going on. So I, that might take him away from writing. But he was a, one of the writers of this. It made me miss Vanessa Bear quite a bit. I really loved Vanessa Bear when she was on the show. Brad, what do you think of this? Uh, yeah, so it's an old sketch. Obviously, we, we've seen it before. Um, I think that there are better versions of this sketch than this one. Um, and I was kind of surprised they chose this one. And if we're going to go with a sketch that features, uh, you know, elves, I actually would have rather gone with the Glen Gary, Glen Ross parody, um, yeah. which is one of my favorite. Instead Christmas of the, the thirsty elves. for Santa. Right. But it did, it does make me uh, miss uh, seeing Ryan Gosling host. And I hope that we get to see him hosting against some in the future. Cause he really is yeah. a great host. Yeah. And he's a sketch laugher as well. He, he laughs in like every sketch, but I, again, Kind of like our our, our last guest. Yeah, you, you just kind of they're having fun, and you just kind of let them go with it. So yeah, and um, then he's he's one too where he's he's phenomenal in the pre-recorded stuff because he doesn't break like um, with the the Quentin Tarantino uh, Santa Claus one and um, what, yeah, what and he's like a legitimately great actor. So yeah, <laughs> so the pre-tape stuff he really shines. Uh, Brad, uh, or sorry, Benny, uh, what did you think of this one? Did you like this? Do you agree with Brad that it probably should have been maybe one of the other Santa and the Elves? I think that it's because that. Uh, so it was Keenan always in this with the three elves being naughty like that? Was he always one of them? I think because so. I think so, but I don't know for sure. If that's the case, I don't know why they chose this one rather than some of the other ones that were a little bit more funny. If that's not even the the limiting factor here, I would have liked to see Santa Baby with uh, Vanessa Bayer and Ryan Gosling when they did the pre-tape and they think Santa's real and he comes is like, oh, we're gonna meet him. Oh, we're gonna- <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's what <laughs> that's I was just talking one. about. The, yeah, the Quentin yeah. Tarantino style. Sorry, that's like, the Quentin Tarantino yeah. one you were referring to. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. a great one. That's, that's a great one. yeah, that, that's phenomenal. Like I would have really liked to see that. I think it's maybe because Keenan was, you know, again, I'm hanging back. I'm hosting with these guys. You know what? Well, that one. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel like they did it. Like it was the one he got to throw in there. Yeah. Like, you know, I put one of those in there. Yeah, yeah uh, maybe. Exactly. Uh, I agree. It it, it's a fine sketch. If if I was picking 10 sketches to be on a, a Christmas sketch, it would not be one of them. No. I would yeah, pick, yeah. Though. No, Bobby Moynihan uh, has Santa Claus saying, you know, 3,000 years ago, I would have been right there with you. Uh, that's a funny bit, but also this is a classic. Uh, we don't know how to end the sketch because then he's like, "All right, you're all fired. Get out of here!" And it just completely upends everything the sketch builds towards. Because he's, I don't know. It just if you're gonna build that universe, you got to go all the way through with it. And going from three thousand years ago, I would have been in there with you to you're all fired. It just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know why they chose to end it that way. Just a weird ending overall. All right, this next sketch was the Global Warming Christmas Special, which was a repeat from December 8th, 1990 episode. 
Uh, Tom Hanks it introduced it. Was 90, it was 91, wasn't it? That's what Hanks said during the Oh, intro. maybe it was. I honestly, um, I looked it up and it said 1990. So I don't oh, maybe, know. If, maybe if, Tom Hanks. If any of our wrong. listeners, here's the thing is, if any of our listeners are listening and they know for sure, it'd be great. Um, uh, but it was either 90 or 91. It was back in that day that I started watching SNL, actually, because it was all the people that I, I loved. Mike Myers, uh, Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon. Uh, Chris Farley, these kind of people. Victoria Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Victoria Jackson. <laughs> I'm a huge Victoria Jackson and Julia Sweeney fan. And, uh, uh, but um, it, 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 I didn't get it. <laughs> I'm just going to say. And I thought it was remarkably long. Uh, I, I, I don't know. A I, ten I, I minute sketch. Uh, yeah, this was so uncomfortably early 90s long SNL. And no payoff whatsoever. I know why they did it. It's probably one of the only times that Tom Hanks back then was in a Christmas episode, right? Like, how many Christmas episodes has he hosted? Maybe none. Maybe that's the only one he was ever around. So they picked it. But that's such a weird sketch from that episode then. Yeah, I think that they could have easily, like, today they could have cut that sketch down by, like, five minutes. Because there was some stuff that was amusing. I, I particularly actually enjoyed when they did the gift exchange where the gifts were as if global warming continued with like the goopy peanut brittle and stuff like that. Like that was like an amusing little segment, but yeah, otherwise it just, it went on far too long. And I think that the other problem is, and this is something that, that can happen with Saturday night live sketches over the years is like, it loses some of the pop culture relevance of the time, well, you know, sure. cause, cause like real Ralph Nader is in this sketch. Yeah. you know. <laughs> yes. so, so like, it's, it's little stuff like that of like when they're, they're lampooning certain pop culture figures who aren't as prominent anymore. And the jokes don't land as well because like too much time has passed. So that's, I think that didn't help. And on top of the fact that it was again, a 10 minute sketch. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's odd because like you said, this one, uh, global warming still a thing, right? So it's not like, a that, that topic isn't, but there were so many people in there that aren't things still. And it's not that being a sketch from that era isn't uh, relevant. Obviously, probably what, five years earlier was the Steve Martin's Holiday Wish, and it's still as re relevant as ever. It's it's a great sketch, and we're going to get to that later. But, um, yeah, I, I just I didn't love it. I, I don't know. Maybe I would have loved it in 1990 or 1991. I don't probably think I would. It just didn't hit for me. So weird. <laughs> The first of uh, two Paul McCartney appearances, this one being by Dana Carvey. Yeah. Back then, I would have liked to know like how popular Carl Sagan was in that moment. Because he they were clearly he was the focal point of the whole thing. And it's like, why? This is so weird. Also, Tom Hanks, sure, that's a, a good Dean Martin. But a nine-minute Dean Martin impersonation, like that's tough for anybody. It yeah, was Dean Martin still a thing in like 1991. Like Dean he Martin is an old dude, so like, was he still around and kicking and like a, a relevant cultural figure? I, I just don't, I don't know. And I thought when I was watching, I'm like, they they reused that uh, costume for Will Ferrell, I think at least a couple times at some point because that costume that that he used was something that I would have uh, guessed Will Ferrell would wear as well down the road. So, so. The, the, the main reason that this was uh, Carl Sagan is because Carl Sagan was one of like the early voices speaking out sure. in support of trying to stop climate change. Don't shame Ben and I for not being educated, okay? Don't do it because uh, it's a bad look on you. All right, I the next. Listen, Carl Spigon is my favorite climate change guy. I like him, and I also and Greta Thorne, 
Thornham. Greta Thornham. She's such a powerful young 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 person. Um, Carl Sagan, I love when the ghost of Carl Sagan showed up at the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yep. Don't bring this up. Don't bring this up. This is it for a different <laughs> podcast. All right. Uh, Ghostbusters was great. Pre-tapes. Uh, the next one was the Christmas socks. Um, I, I read a lot online about this, and I'm going to tell you, this divided the fan base. And I was a little sad about this because I loved it only because, as, as our listeners might know by now, I'm a pastor. This 90s, like half talk half sing stuff is a real thing and so they whoever whoever did this sketch um whoever wrote it whoever did it like understood the christmas shoes new song culture very yes. well and and uh it, it 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 was like every christian song in the 90s sounded like and so um i thought it was funny i it, it probably could have stood to maybe have 30 seconds or 45 seconds cut out of it maybe i thought it was funny i, I thought it was yeah funny. and honestly i think the length plays to its strength because i love yep. how long the conversation goes about this stupid fucking bird and just <laughs> how the, they keep singing it with the same like inflection and tone and it's so cheesy like the music video look they got perfectly with like the foggy lens and everything was perfect about this sketch. I loved it. Like to me, this is one of the. I hope it becomes a new Christmas classic because, and I also love that they only interrupted once, ever so briefly, to do the. Can you guys take this conversation somewhere else? This is getting out of hands. Yeah, so, Heidi Garner was be- uh, brilliant there. She's like, come on, guys, come on. You, know? uh, you had me at Paul Rudd's wig. Ah, uh, what a terrible, I awesome wig! I don't know <laughs> why they decided that that's the look, but they're like because. They played his character as not creepy, but just earnestly as a part of this. Well, because it's, it's, it's the hair. It's a, that's, that. like a, that's like a it's 90s cool. like haircut. It's so uh, bad. A 90s, also 90s Christian kind of, you yeah. know, uh, where it was, they, they were kind of getting into a little bit of rock music, but not a little really, bit edgy. They, yeah, but they still had four or five people singing the because, thing, you know, there's safety in numbers. That really worked <laughs> for me was. When so they would do these little things where uh, so like right right before they were maybe gonna end it, you know he's like, let me tell you like let me ask you one more question and he like rips the twenty dollar bill back. Do you <laughs> did you see that? Like he's like just let me ask you this one last question. And so it's it's very jarring and to keep the bit going and every and that's what I really love about this sketch. Because there's these little things in there that keep it going. Now, I will say, towards the very end, when the bird came in and everything, that got a little too much for me. I was, I, no, I, put, no, I no. my hat in the ring there, like, I'm, I'm all right. Nope, I loved it. I loved that, that they had TJ Rocks come out and be, be, be the band. <laughs> I also love the 80 Bryant's entrance, too. Like when Paul Rudd says that he's his son's friend, she's like, well, yep. I don't like that. <laughs> yes, uh, I thought 80 Bryant was brilliant. I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly. I am so happy that we all agree that this was a decent sketch, if not a good sketch, uh, because, like I said, I, I was reading so much hate for this sketch um, <laughs> on Reddit and other places. I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I must be off on this because I just I just, I, you know, again, maybe if you don't understand the thing they're parodying, you know, um, if you don't understand the thing that they're 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 bringing into it, the culture well. It's not as funny, you know. Again, maybe that's our problem with the sketch before this, with the global warming, Carl Sagan stuff. But I just, as, as a pastor, as someone that's been in this culture for so long, I just thought it was brilliant. It was funny. Paul Rudd was great. Um, 
and, and uh, yeah, I just thought I loved it. So kudos to them. Good sketch. Yeah, yeah but, but uh, more good than bad there, guys. But still, I'm going to pull the plug right on the bird. I, 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 that's where it lost me. Uh, well, okay, you're wrong. The last 45 seconds, cut it for Ben. All right. Yep. Um, the next one was uh, one of the most iconic, I think, Christmas sketches they've had. Um, I, I remember this is probably one of the first uh, Christmas sketches I remember, honestly, um, for SNL. It's Steve Martin's Holiday Wish. It was written oh. only by Steve Martin, broadcasted first on December 6, 1986, according to uh, Wikipedia. I'll say this. This is a perfect SNL sketch. It is someone going up, being funny, and just owning the stage. It's not a complicated set. It's not, you know, there's just a guy, a chair, and some incredibly funny dialogue and really well done, um, uh, uh, you know, just just comedy placement. I, I just... I love it every time I see it, and I've seen it probably a thousand times. What do you think about this one, Ben? Yeah, no, this proves if you ever want to uh, show people why Steve Martin is one of the best to ever do it, this is a very good example of that because he doesn't need anything other than himself and a chair, and it's evergreen. Like, there's there's, there's not one topical thing in here. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Literally yep. – you could show this in 2090 and it's still get $30 million a year. It's probably still going to be a lot of money even then, especially tax free. <laughs> so it's just, it really, the way that he bounces the rules around like, well, the first one, second, fourth, well, actually four and the kids. And yeah, the thing about the kids, whatever, just the way that he can do it is better than most people on this planet. And I will never not laugh at that. It's absolutely and, it, and it's such good cultural comedy too, right? It's like it's it's such a good state of our, our kind of comment on like how we really are. We really want to be generous. I want to be the person that wants to give the children the money. But I also am realistic and I kind of want the $30 million myself. So, Brad, do you love this sketch or, or is your heart made of stone? No, I love the sketch. Uh, I've always loved this sketch and – uh, Steve Martin is probably one of like a very few like people I think who could pull this off. It's perfectly his style of comedy. It's uh, it's dry until it gets like uh, a little bit silly, but not silly like to the point where it's ludicrous. You know, it's just him sitting here having this philosophical debate with himself about the things that he really is asking for for Christmas. And just once he starts debating it with himself, it's just uh, yeah, it's 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 so good. Yeah, especially yeah, I, when it comes right in, uh, right at the end. You think it's almost over. Ah, no, uh, vengeance upon my enemies. Dang it. <laughs> like, it. Because that's such a brutal thing. But he's like, oh, I almost forgot about that. How could you possibly forget about that? Oh, yeah. yeah I just, uh, I, I was so glad they included this because it should be, it should be required viewing every year if you're an SNL fan because yes. it is, uh, it's not just a perfect Christmas sketch. It's a perfect SNL sketch. It is what this show is about. Um, it is comedy gold. Um, and, and so and, and again, people don't often, you know, I think, understand how brilliant Steve Martin is because he plays such a good straight guy. He's done a lot of films that he's not necessarily Will Ferrell silly in. You know, I mean, he, he can actually do some stuff. The father of the bride stuff that's not, you know, uh, necessarily slapsticky, you know, 
Um, but he's just so funny. I, I love him so much. He's just one of my favorites uh, that's ever done it. So the next one was Holiday Pageant, written by the Seth Meyers. Um, you probably, Brad, know him as a late night host, but you might not remember he was actually on Saturday Night Live for a season. So yeah, because I'm five um, whole years younger than you. <laughs> Uh, so holiday pageant Seth Myers, Martin Short and Paul McCartney guest. Um, it originally aired from December 15th, 2012. So uh, nine years ago, if my math is correct, it was introduced by Keenan Thompson. Has a lot of people in it. Has Thompson, Sudeikis, Cecily Strong, Martin Short, Paul McCartney in it. Um, and then I, I, I don't think... It, I was a little confused because I watched some of the sketches on YouTube, which didn't have all of the sketches. So I went to Peacock and watched some. And uh, originally in the sketch in 2012, it goes right into Paul McCartney singing his Christmas song, uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. I don't know. Did they do that last night in the sketch? I don't think they did. Brad, do you remember? Yeah, they did not do it during the actual airing. And it's uh, likely due to... Uh, music rights issues and that's that's the um I, I think we've mentioned it on this podcast before but that's typically why it's very hard to get full episodes together with every single sketch because some of them include songs where they don't have the rights in perpetuity and they'd have to spend a lot of money in order to be able to re-air them and, and allow people to watch them again i was watching or i was listening to a, the scrubs podcast and the guy that makes scrubs uh what i can't remember his name he makes ted lasso as well bill but, uh, lawrence. lawrence yeah thank you bill lawrence was saying put some respect on the man's name hey i'm, I'm really sorry because i do love bill lawrence but um uh he was saying that a lot of the scrubs episodes that are online now don't actually have the original music and the original music was so important to creating the show originally and so but because the rights are so hard to maintain for these things um, especially in the streaming world. Um, and so I think we don't really necessarily realize it or appreciate it. So you can't necessarily put a lot of those stuffs on, on, on YouTube. What did you think of the sketch, Ben? So uh, Martin Short screaming at one of the most famous <laughs> men to ever walk the earth will, will never not be funny. Like it just will yeah. never not be funny. So yep, yep. I, take all the, the conceit and the, and the construct of this away and it's built upon the fact that you're going to see Martin Short unload on a beetle. And good Lord, that's all you need to see. Merry Christmas. I, I, yeah, I'm in. I love it. And I especially yeah. love that Paul McCartney doesn't break. He's just sitting no. there kind of holding, like, like waiting to hit the triangle and just like lets it lets it happen. Yeah, no, he was a good sport in it. He, he played his part well. And like I said, if you if you have Peacock, you can actually, I think, watch the uh, or you can find anyway the sketch the full sketch because then he and his band he essentially joins his band on and they they play the christmas song which is a kind of nice end to that sketch you know because again he's kind of belittled during the sketch and he comes yeah. out and does it but um uh I, I i i i love martin short i love paul mccartney so i i kind of like the sketch and seth meyers well wait wait i think there's a future for you in uh comedy writing so way to go buddy North Pole News Report, written by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. It was a repeat from December 21st, 2019. So one of the more recent repeats introduced by Tom Hanks. And it had Eddie Murphy in it. Did you love this Eddie Murphy sketch, Christmas sketch, Bradford Omen? It doesn't matter if I love this sketch. 
Thank uh, you. No, Perfect. No, I do like this sketch a lot. Um, when Eddie Murphy came back to host SNL, it was a big deal, and he, they did a lot of good sketches in the, in that episode. Um, and th- this was a particularly funny sketch. Like it's it's perfect Eddie Murphy energy through and through. The way he yells throughout the entire broadcast, um, and it's just it, it's it's a cute sketch too. Like the way that they bring the horror of a news um, you know event like that has happened to like a, the Christmas village in the North Pole. It's it's a great Our peppermint crossover. blood is on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Santa new. No, yeah. don't say that. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, and I, I love this, uh, when Cecily Strong comes out and she has the hat that's like smoking, and you just see like yeah. the <laughs> plumes of it coming out every now and then. Yeah, this is a great sketch, and uh, Eddie Murphy is is so good in it. Yeah, it yeah. don't matter what my name is. <laughs> what is his actual name? So when he does say it, what is it? It's K- like Kittle Diddle. Kittle Diddle. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to say it. Christmas is canceled. No, no, don't say that. It's not. <laughs> That's so, yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, if, if not at the top, very close to the top of his sketch game right there, just being, you know, having fun with it, clearly. And, yeah, that, just a very, very well done sketch, top to bottom. And if you watch any of the Eddie Murphy stuff when he was on SNL, it, it was really kind of almost similar to the, the characters he portrayed when he was on the show over the top, funny, you know, um, really great one-liners, and and it was just I, I loved it. I honestly forgot about this sketch, so rewatching it was great. And it was only aired two years ago, but uh, I I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. Uh, Eddie Murphy was gold. It's so great in these um, that 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 a lot of the ep- a lot of the sketches that were picked to be on this episode included some of the past SNL legends, either you know. Uh, people that have hosted a lot of times, like Steve Martin, Martin Short, these kind of people that Martin Short was actually a, a cast member, I think, for 18 episodes. Um, Eddie Murphy, these kind of things. So it, it was just great to kind of see them flex. And uh, I, I, I loved it. So uh, pre tape this may be hard for you to find, by the way. Uh, it is not on their YouTube channel. You will have to go to, to Peacock to watch it because of what brad uh omen said earlier about rights and stuff like this this was the one direction concert line written by chris kelly sarah schneider it was a repeat from december 7th 2013 at the height kind of of one direction introduced by paul rudd um i'm gonna admit something to you guys here because i know this is a safe place my wife and i went to a concert this year i know it's the the covid19 pandemic but we went and we've went to one concert in the last two years. And that one concert is Harry Styles. Oh, All right. wow. Um, and he rocked it. So <laughs> uh, it, I, I, my wife's a fan. I will say this. My wife is a legitimate fan. I went and I became a fan at the concert, me and 20,000 other teenage girls. And so. Um, so you identified pretty well. With I am Paul the Rudd. Paul Rudd of that character of that s- sketch. Yeah. What did you think? I loved having Paul Rudd in a sketch. I know he didn't film it this week. Uh, Brad, did you like it or not? Yeah, I love the sketch. I've, I've seen it uh, a couple times before, and it, he's just so great in it. And like the way he interacts with all of these young girls, and is uh, goes from being cute and adorable with them to like getting in their face and just being really like <laughs> sassy and snippy with them. Um, yeah, I, I love the sketch. I wish it was like more readily available for people people to watch because it, it it's that good. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit kind of like when I talk about film, Brad, and then you like have to correct me because I'm an idiot. And it's like, no, that's not the way it is, Nate. Let me tell you exactly how it is, Nate, because you're an idiot and you're playing the Paul Rudd character because you know so much more than Ben and I do. <laughs> ben, did you love this sketch? 
yeah, it, it's all it all falls to Paul Rudd's ability, kind of like Peyton Manning throwing footballs at kids and making it earnest, like and making it real. That only works if you're all in. And so if Paul Rudd is two inches from a little girl's face telling her that she's wrong and you're never going to be, you know, like that is yep. hard to do, I'm sure. And I don't, you're I don't not even, you're not even Zang, Zane Malik's type. Oh my right? God. I want to, I want to know how many times he broke or the girls broke or the outtakes of that must just be fantastic. So kudos to them for pulling that off. Cause that I'm, I was cry laughing watching that. I mean, I just, it was so funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. Uh, I, it was another one I hadn't seen, or at least I don't remember seeing, so it was good to see it again. Uh, it was like it was new for me. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, finally, uh, we've got two more sketches of the night, pre-tapes, uh, both of them. Now that's what I call Christmas, and I think this was put in because uh, the people at SNL listened to this podcast, and they heard me last week talk about my – uh, not necessarily love for Jimmy Fallon. I don't have a ton of love for Jimmy Fallon, and so they wanted to put him in there to show that he actually has a ton of skillet impressions, and he does. Um, so this was a repeat from December 21st, 2013, introduced by Tina Fey, and it was essentially just Jimmy Fallon and some of the other cast members flexing their muscles on what they can do with impressions. They weren't long impressions. They were short um, what do you think of this one, Brad? Did you like this? Yeah, I actually love when they do sketches like this uh, and they do the the cavalcade of impressions just for brief little snippets, especially when it's music based, um, because there a lot of the cast members are really talented at doing stuff like this, and it's just it's just great to see the lineup and what they can do when it comes to this this kind of comedy. And this was something that Jimmy Fallon did uh, excel at for sure. There are several other iterations where he's done uh, sketches just like this and played a variety of music personalities. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think I do like him more in pre-tapes, you know, and stuff that he's he's doing because he is a he's a gifted impressionist. He really is. He's he's got a gift in it. The thing that drove me nuts about um, Jimmy Fallon is, uh, and it's the same with watching the Tonight Show. He's a laugher on things that you shouldn't laugh at. Like it's it's not that funny. You're you're making it seem like it's funny. It's not that funny. Like you you you're you're gasping for air at something that your guest said that's you know only nominally funny and that's okay just to chuckle you don't have to you know give your guest the the pleasure of being uh, hilarious that is that is a very uh, strange thing that he's kind of leaned into where it's like you know if Paul Rudd is on his show and Paul Rudd says something like so so there I am in Altoona <laughs> Altoona yeah, yes yes what it drives the you crazy what the hell is wrong with you Jimmy shut <laughs> up it's fine Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, so you've noticed this too. It, it drives me crazy because you don't have to do that. You're a naturally funny person. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Jimmy Fallon's a big listener of this show. Yeah. So, um, tone Jimmy it down. Fallon, you're a naturally funny person. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. All right, buddy. I love He's you. He's great in the so, like this. This is fantastic. I, yeah, I'm all, like Brad said. I'm I'm all for when anybody just they're like, okay, here's 16 impressions set to whatever theme let's go and that's that's a great way to do that also it reminded me of like the one with uh billy joe armstrong who was that cast member i don't even remember his name oh God. it is that creeps me out because i used to know back in the 90s i could have told you everybody's name that was on yeah the show. because he used to do um a john crier impression that's like one of the things that i remember him it's john milheiser john milheiser wow yeah and it was wow. good to see Bruce whelan as slash 
final sketch of the night, the pre-taped TV Funhouse Christmas Time for the Jews, written by Eric Drysdale, Julia Klausner, Scott Jacobson, and most importantly, Robert Smigel, one of the greatest uh, sketch writers of all time on SNL. Um, I love this. It, it's a it's a classic. It was a classic the first time I saw it. I knew it was going to be a classic. I've got Jewish friends that you know resonate so deeply with this sketch because. Uh, especially where we're at in mid, in the in the Midwest, where a lot of the uh, Jewish communities are smaller and they live in predominantly Christian areas, so you know they they get used to celebrating a lot of the same holidays that Christians do. And again, so it, it it's a great play on someone that grew up in a predominantly non-Jewish area celebrating Christmas, and uh, it's beautiful animation, beautiful. Um, uh, song uh, sung by uh, what is that? Love. What is her first name? Say for me. Say for me. What, what is her name? <laughs> who, who's, who, who sings that song? <laughs> <laughs> Say for me. Uh, Courtney. Courtney Love. <laughs> no, it's like the old school Christmas singer. Who is it? Uh, um, I just want to. I want to hear you keep going with it. I want to hear you come up with more. Say for me, <laughs> Billy Eilish. You guys are the worst. It's uh, how do you not know this? Um, You're the one that doesn't know this. Darlene Love. It's Darlene Love. You guys know this. Darlene Love that sang it. Good. Well, because she's like an old school singer that sings Christmas songs. How okay. did you not know that? I, I did not know that. In you. I learned okay. something new today, Nate. Thank you. It, admittedly, a lot of the old classic Christmas songs, I will always confuse who is singing which song. Really? Yeah. Like between like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, or like yeah, Darling like Love? yeah, like 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 whether it's Bing Crosby or Andy Williams or anything like that. Like I know that they have distinct voices, and I'm sure anybody who is very familiar with like that time and those singers would be able to distinguish them. But like for me, it's just generic Christmas noise when I hear those classic songs, and I'm not ever differentiating between like oh yeah, this is this is Bing Crosby, <laughs> or oh yeah, this is Frank Sinatra, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. This, so uh, Darlene Love uh, performed and like kind of brought to life the song "Christmas Please" or "Christmas Baby Please Come Home." That is like her song, and so um, it's 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 very much. If you listen to that song, you'll tell it's her voice, and it's her voice in the sketch. She does a great job. Anyway, all that to say, Brad, what did you think? Yeah, this has always been a favorite of mine since I, I saw it for the first time. I'm not sure if I saw it when it premiered on actual SNL or if I just started becoming familiar with it because of the Christmas specials and, and repeats and stuff. Um, but as a big fan of the, the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, like Rudolph yep. the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is coming to town. I love that they do the stop motion animation for this. I love that the, the music is that classic doo-wop kind of Christmas song mm -hmm. style. Um, and it's just very funny. It's, it's true, true to life. Like it's, it's, it's that funny because it's true kind of thing. And it's, I also love when Tina Fey introduces it to you. She's like, can I say Jews? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, something that they do so well on the show, which is to take, every element so seriously except for you know the, the words right so the the production value and the the melody and the song and and everything is exactly as it should be and it, it's so serious and it's so well produced and then it's comedy so that's it's just it, this speaks tremendously to snl strength yeah so i want to say too that uh it was uh december 17 2005 
this sketch is also 16 years old, which is crazy to me because... Wow, was 2005 uh, really when this premiered? Yes, it was. Wow, I, thought, I, wow I was thinking this was like a mid nine, mid to late 90s sketch. That's crazy. Oh, you thought it was even older. No, it was yeah. 2005. Uh, I remember I watched it live when it was on. And uh, it, it was it was great then. It's still great now. I'm so glad they included it because it's 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 just a phenomenal sketch. Uh, it phenomenal was also cool, animation. Cool to see them reuse uh, the TV Funhouse opening, but apply the rip to the modern Paul Rudd bumper, which was pretty cool. Yep, agreed, agreed. So that is our sketches for this weird kind of unconventional episode. <laughs> oh, MVP, uh, Kenny Thompson. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, guys, do we even have an MVP for this episode? I'm going to give it to Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd, you know, worked his, his butt off uh, for an episode this week and he didn't really get to, to do anything. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he <laughs> it, it had to have been disappointing for so many people that were wanting to perform, were wanting to do their job, or wanting to do all the things that they worked their tail off for. And at the end, because of this pandemic, weren't able to do it. So I'm going to give it to Paul Rudd. Do you guys even have an MVP this week? No, I would give it to to Paul Rudd. I when I did my review for Slash from this weekend, I did not do the traditional format because there were only three pre-recorded sketches and the five timers cold open. So I didn't even pick an MVP. Um, but I think that you know there is there's something to be said about Paul Rudd just sticking with it and doing the show, even if it wasn't going to be a basic show. Um, and actually one thing I'm going to say, cause we, I think we have to circle back around to it because we didn't uh, address it, but weekend update. Oh yes. We didn't address weekend update. That's a good point. Um, cause it was just Michael Che and Tina Fey, the Che Fey. So, um, <laughs> for about, and it was shorter, right? It was only four or five minutes. Yeah, it, it was correct? shorter, and then and because they didn't have a live audience or a, a big cast and crew, they were basically just doing the jokes to Tom Hanks, Keenan Thompson, and Paul Rudd, which I thought was a lot of fun. It, it almost felt like watching them like workshop stuff, like in the writers' room, and the way they were interacting with each other, and Tina Fey addressing like a couple of the jokes bombing, and uh, it was it was just really laid back, and I liked seeing them just kind of just like go with the flow and screw around a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I know that. I again, we joke about this. I know there's probably not a ton of SNL people that listen to this, but I, I honestly, I do appreciate that they did the show. Um, I appreciate that they they told jokes to three or four people listening in an audience, and those people have probably heard those jokes before. Uh, because for those of us that watch from different places around the country, uh, SNL is a gift. It it is for us. It's a it's a treat every week to 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 get made. You know, to, to laugh with other people, to uh, continue to, um, you know, uh, laugh at cultural commentary stuff, to, uh, you know, forget for a little while the mess that's going on in this world. And for a second, you know, we had to realize that the pandemic sometimes it does it does win. And this week, uh, maybe it won, but the, the SNL team still did their show. And I'm, I'm grateful for them and I'm glad they did. Yeah, it was a the the weekend update stuff worked uh, by and large just because of the, the the different setup that they had. I did love watching, you know, I don't know how often Tom Hanks would really be sitting there super paying attention to weekend update jokes, and so to watch Michael Che like here, here Hanks, you're gonna like this one, and like talking directly to Tom Hanks, I, it just it made me laugh so much because that dynamic it just doesn't ever exist in the real world. So it's just so cool to see that, and then Tina Fey. 
screwed up a couple of, she flubbed, flubbed a couple of, and she said, oh, I did it again. Like it was that kind of organic, you know, like you were saying, Brad, a little bit of joke workshopping is what it felt like a little bit. Um, the one thing that I'm very, very sorry that we missed out on was the, the joke swap that we get to see every year at the Christmas show. And so I'm really hoping that they just bring that back. You know, the next time they have a live show, they, they must bring back the Colin Jost, Michael J. Uh, jo- joke swap. Please, please, please. That's and I'll make that happen. Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, whenever they come back, I guess that's something that we should also probably talk about now that we've reached the uh, the end of the episode. Yeah, this is... might be our last episode. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it'll be the last episode. No, I'm going to die of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it'll be the last episode of the season, but the one thing that we have to contend with is uh, it seems like the surge of coronavirus cases, especially with the Omicron variant, will probably uh, get worse uh, after Christmas into mid-January, and that's around the time that SNL would be coming back. And if they already weren't doing the show this weekend i can't imagine it's going to be easier for them to do it by then and on top of that uh in early february we have the winter olympics that are going to be starting and that's on nbc so if they don't come back by mid to late january then we're probably going to be waiting until the end of february potentially early march until we see a new episode of snl yeah and and i want to say and i don't want to get we don't like to get too too to deep dig deep too deep into politics on this show but Get vaccinated because again, it, it is it is a serious thing. This Omicron virus, you know, it seems serious. Uh, I'm gonna go one further. Know, I'm gonna say uh, we don't like to get political, and we're not getting political by saying get vaccinated because this isn't a political thing. This is this is a flat a flat issue. If you don't want to die, if you don't want anybody in your family to die, you like get vaccinated and get boosted because. And we're talking to Ben right now. All right, Ben. I am, uh, listen, I'm so sorry that I didn't get vaccinated. It's just one of those things that I slipped my mind. That's not true. true. Ben is vaccinated. He is boosted and he's still sick because you can still get sick. Right. That's not the point of it. I was I was miserable for about 36 hours. I had chills and and body aches and 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 a fever and headache. And that's it. Let's be clear. It's great. Let's be clear. You're going to be miserable for longer than 36 hours. There's nothing to do with COVID. (laughs) 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 but again uh i am so uh, happy that i i'm you know that i that got the vaccine got the second one got the booster and this is a is a blip on my radar as far as uh, health concerns so it it really does make a difference get out there and take it from me it was so miserable for 36 hours and i was vaccinated so breakthrough cases exist but they won't put you in the icu and right now even in our small town in the midwest man they're like there's all every hospital's on on on, on that overpass stuff, you know. Like what is it called? Diversion, yeah. Diversion. Diversion. So you don't want to die in the hospital in the in the waiting room. Go get the go get the ouchie fouchie. Come on, come yeah. on, let's do it. And things are worse now than they were even like at the worst surging last year because of how fast Omicron is spreading. And like if, if you can't tell that, like uh, this past week alone on uh, the, our staff uh, at slashfilm.com. We had several times when people were like, shit, I have to go get tested because I just found out my roommate uh, has COVID or like I just I was in contact with somebody who had COVID. And back then, like I, I barely knew anybody who had ever con- come into contact with anybody who had COVID. And part of that is because I know a lot of people who are playing it safe and everything, but also just because it's spreading fast and quickly among people, you know, who hadn't gotten it yet. So just be safe, be careful. And uh, hopefully we'll be back sooner than later uh, for new episodes. And that's the thing is we'll figure out something else to do. We'll watch uh, previous episodes. We can do some other stuff. We're going to keep this podcast going regardless. Um, And uh, just follow us on uh, Facebook. We got a new Twitter page. Um, Brad, where can people find you? 
Uh, always on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. You can also check me out at SlashFilm.com where I do uh, written reviews of new episodes of SNL most of the time, unless something stupid comes up. Um, and then uh, also on SlashFilm Daily, it's a podcast where we t- uh, recap the biggest movie and news stories happening on SlashFilm.com a couple times a week. You can find me on there. And also, if you're into weird snack foods and soft drinks and stuff like that, check out uh, Look at Brad's Junk on Instagram and uh, you'll get find some some fun cookies and snacks and, and sodas. I, I, insert uh, A.D. Bryant. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> uh, ben Conowitz, where can people find you, buddy? Oh, they can find me uh, quarantining until after Christmas. <laughs> so have a great holiday season, everybody. And, uh, you know, if you can, you know, hug your people because, you know, I'm going to be quarantining through Christmas. I'm not going to be able to see anybody, you know, but I'm going to miss you guys. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. Subscribe to this, like it, share it on on your social media pages. My name is Nate Laux. You can find me at uh, at Nate Laux on pretty much all of the different social medias. I'd love to connect with you offline as well, or online or offline, whatever. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back as soon as we can. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Have a good day. All right, we're out, guys. Good job. Sweet. Well, uh, have fun on your second podcast of the night, Mr. Bradford. Oh, yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that in about 40 minutes, talking about old Spitterman. All right, yeah, we'll uh, talk this week and figure out what we're going to do. Like I said, uh, hopefully we'll get some answers from SNL, kind of what's going on with them, and we'll figure out what we'll do after the first of the year for, for podcast shows. You know what yeah. I've been doing today, for real? What? I For the first time in, I want to say – Five years, I sat down and I I played about six hours straight of Civilization. Did you love it? I'm turning it on right again right now. As soon as I get off this podcast, I'm gonna play for another six hours. Oh boy, hey, buddy, is... maybe this would be a good gift to you to relax a little. Honestly, bit. Honestly, as much as I, I know, that's I'm what playing. I told him earlier. Yeah, I, I told him I was like, it might suck work wise. I was like, but maybe it's like good that you'll get a chance to slow down and just relax for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, I watched Three Amigos last night. Brad dropped off some, some DVDs for me, and I, I just I haven't just been able to sit and do nothing for quite a while it's so. the nice thing because when i'm sick i usually convince myself to do stuff still right but you can't you literally can't well, I, be around I'm people right now so like it's a great it's almost illegal yeah it's a great time then if you can't do it just actually use the time to relax you know invest in yourself and uh take care man all right guys well i love you both and i'll talk to you very soon all love right you, bye. bye boys bye everybody bye, bye.